It's Rose Ross here from Tech Trailblazers, here with Cody Cornell, CEO and co-founder of Swimlane. So, hi, Cody. Thanks, Rose. Appreciate you having me uh, here for our impromptu uh, podcast. Here. Yes. Well, <laughs> let's hope we get that we get the quality in the, in the wonderful Marriott Mountains. Yeah. yeah uh, interestingly enough, I, I went to a security founders event, which they do at Black Hat and RSA every year. Mm. Uh, and we were kind of talking through uh, the places that everybody has meetings as a startup founder around right. RSA because you don't have any space. You can't afford a meeting room. So apparently it's a rite of passage to know about all the secret spots to do meetings as in the mezzanine level at the marquee or the back of the Starbucks or there's these different places where everybody knows they can go when you don't actually have a space. So um, well, this, yeah, this, this, this feels good. This feels normal. So. Yeah. Well, well, glad you feel at home here. Glad you feel at home here. Well, first of all, congratulations on being named as our male trailblazer of the year. Thank you. Um, obviously, keen to find out a little bit more about you and how you know and swim lane and find out you know what what you think got you the the full marks on this particular accolade. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. I've had a little look at uh, your your background. So interestingly enough, you started your career as an electrical technician for the U.S. Coast Guard. So Correct. how did that come about? Uh, so I grew up in rural Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, when most people think about Montana, they think of the beautiful uh, western part of the state with the mountains. I grew up in the part that's just flat and full of cows. Oh. Um, so uh, I wanted to go someplace, right? And uh, you know, for, for better or worse, and, and honestly, probably wasn't uh, terribly prepared to go to college based on my uh, some of my ACT scores and things like that. Uh, so I joined the service. I uh, actually joined a year before I graduated high school, kind of a pre-commit, uh, spent five years in the Coast Guard. Uh, first duty station was actually uh, on the Polar Star, which is out of Seattle, which, you know, when I joined the Coast Guard, I wanted to see the world. Uh, instead of seeing it around the equator, I actually saw it the other way around. I went to Antarctica and the Arctic and, you know, did some interesting things, but my, my last duty station was uh, in Baltimore. And uh, obviously in the federal space, uh, there, there's lots of opportunity there. So I um, got into federal contracting, uh, got into security uh, right there uh, working you know in the DC metro area so Brilliant. Yeah, because I see there was also a stint with the Department of Homeland Security before you moved into the corporate world. Yep. So, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of my career was either working in a SOC as a security analyst uh, or deploying the tools that a security ops team would need, right? So, uh, you know, if it's SIM or endpoint or vulnerability management, spend a number of years deploying those, you know, enter, you know enterprise tools uh, for the DOD, for DHS, and, and for several different, you know, commercial organizations as well. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I we really started building Swimlane for ourselves. Um, you know, we were security analysts. We didn't like copying and pasting and doing a lot of this really rote work. Uh, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't why I got into security. Um, but you also have to do it. There, you know, from a compliance perspective, from a, a best practice perspective, you have to do these things. But we felt like there was a better way to do it. And that's really, you know, what inspired us to, to get started. So. Yeah. And you kind of, your first startup, per se, was for professional services Correct. in that particular space. Yep. And then I'm, I'm assuming that Swimlane grew out of that experience for customers yeah in, in many ways right so the the first developers we hired to help us make other tools work we actually you know they started building that just from my platform uh, you know I can't take credit for that I'm not a software developer that they actually did that work um, 
but and also the funding, right? So I mean, we, you know, one of the things that I, I really, you know, think about is that domain experience that, that I got during that the period of consulting with these organizations that were experiencing the pain point that Swimlane solves for. Uh, you know, give us some credibility, give us some, you know, some real insight, but it also, you know, obviously give us the capital that we needed to, to start the business. What's up, Gary? <laughs> cool. So um, that was the beginning of it. So this is Saul that security orchestration automation response. Yep. You're seen as the only US vendor of this. So um, and clearly you're doing well. You've had a number of other upgrades, including the Black Unicorn, which sounds very exciting. Um, well, uh, and I like um, in the press release announcing your win. Um, well, actually, it was on the LinkedIn post. It, re- it describes you as fearless. So I'm curious to see why your team has described you as fearless. You know, not, Coast Guard, I mean, I'm trying to think of helicopters oh, no, coming no, down. No, no, no. So I, I mean, when I was on a boat, I worked in a machine room. Uh, they didn't. Let, I didn't get outside much. So, um, you know, there wasn't much perilous work that I did that was in the Coast Guard. There, there are definitely people that do that work. That was not me. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I, you know, it was a. I think more of a cliche. The fearless leader, I think, is a common cliche. So I appreciate the the uh, characterization. Uh, persistent, maybe uh, slightly annoying at times, um, but fearless, maybe not. Oh, we'll <laughs> see. Taking we'll see. T- taking risks is uh, it, it's it's terrifying, in all honesty. And you know, thankfully, you know, we we persevered and continued to to grow. But uh, fearless probably isn't a, a characterization I would give myself. So well, you know, I think that other people giving you that particular label is not necessarily a bad thing. So they're obviously seeing something yeah. in you that, that is there. And you know, being an entrepreneur is quite scary sometimes. It right? is. I mean, you know. It is putting yourself out there when you've come from a backdrop of public service and big organizations like American Express and IBM where there's something, you know, you have safety nets. Yep. Uh, you don't get those once you get into yeah. a startup environment. I, th- I think on the flip side, though, you know, other people that are thinking about starting their own business, the advantage we have as security folks is there's such a shortage of people. I mean, one of the, the great reasons why we built the product, um, not, I guess it's not a great reason, but one of the reasons that, that we did, um, there's always a lot of job opportunity. And I think, you know, people that are kind of on the fence right now thinking about, should I, maybe should I start that thing that I've been thinking about? The, the truth is, you can try it. If it doesn't work, you're not... It, you can get a job. There's probably a job out there for you. And I know when we were recruiting early on to bring on our first, you know, teams and individuals to help us grow the business, it was always hard to convince people to start a startup. I mean, you have four kids, or you know, you got a spouse or a mortgage. I mean, those are those are real things that you know you have you have to think about. But most of these individuals could get a job at the drop of a hat. And you know, as an employer, that's terrifying because then you have to have a reason. You know, you have to keep people excited to stay with the organization. But on the flip side. You know, you can you can probably take that risk because you you do have a safety net. It might not be you know a Fortune 500 organization, but there's an organization out there that wants you. And considering this, the staffing shortage we have, you're probably okay. You can probably make that risk. Yeah, so. definitely a skills gap. Definitely a skills gap that, that a lot of people can fill. So, um, from your perspective, challenges that you've faced over the time that you've been running Swim Lane since 2014, you know, you've gone through Series B funding. Yep. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, Appreciate it's, it. It's always good. You know, people think, well, that's an awful lot of money. Yep. Cody's kicking back now in the Caribbean, but obviously you've got a big team and you've got big plans. So I, I think I'll, I will do almost 60 meetings this week. So, um, Caribbean sounds fantastic. Uh, but yeah, definitely not the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it has been, you know, you know, and you know, it's a roller coaster, right? There's days 
I talk about the, to the team a lot about like the emotional roller coaster that it is, right? You you can have you know your highest high on the same day that you have your lowest low, and it's it, it is an emotional roller coaster. And I have there's some amazing people on the team. Um, my wife is terribly supportive. Um, I couldn't do this these things if I didn't have like that infrastructure to make this reality. The only way you can come and spend you know weeks and weeks and weeks a year away from home is if somebody is taking care of the rest of everything else in your life um, and, and supporting you to do that because you, you do have to travel at the drop of a hat and um, you know I couldn't do that without that support infrastructure both in the office and outside so I mean that that's super important and um, I think sometimes underappreciated um, you know for, for better or worse you know I, I get a little bit of press from time to time um, you know probably should should be able to put a few other people in that because that they definitely make that a reality so brilliant sounds good and um, what do you say sort of from from challenges is obviously you know juggling that you know having the life outside of swim lane and, and maintaining that any other challenges that you feel you've faced um you know the challenges have changed over the years right i mean i remember trying to raise our first first dollars into the business and someone saying ah, i don't think that's a thing like automation is not a thing right and you know there's probably been a billion dollars in acquisitions to date uh buying automation companies so i think we've verified it's a thing check um you know now it's different right it's it's about scaling an organization it's about building a you know a culture of that you know, people are excited to be a part of um, because finding the right people is so important. So, um, you know, I use I'll use the air quotes that you can't see on a podcast of, of culture. Um, it's kind of a hard thing to find, but you know, building and, and finding and uh, you know having an organization that people really really want to be a part of is is a lot more difficult than I thought. I used to be a capacity problem, right? Or yeah, it'll always be a capacity problem. But it was about you know just having enough people, and now it's different. It's you found all these amazing people that have done so much work throughout the year. Is how do you keep them excited? And how do you, you know, make sure that their work-life balance is, is is reasonable? But also, you know, you're accomplishing your goals that you've committed to your customers and your team and your investors and everything like that. So, it, the, the challenge now is scale, and that scale for us is international. We have you know staff in Europe, and the Middle East, and Australia, and Singapore, and we're scaling the different functions, and those functions become more you know specific and more specialized. And you know that's the change. Everybody used to be a utility player; they used to do everything, and now you know, people are, you know, it's exciting. Like people have years of experience doing these very specific things and it's amazing to see what they're capable of in those moments. Um, and, you know, just because I, I, I can imagine trying to accomplish what they do. So, like that, that's super exciting. So, And obviously you talked a little bit about challenges. What would you say you're most proud of over the last five or so years since you set up the company? There, there's two things that I get really, really excited about. One is the... I had this problem uh, of just struggling to keep up with what I needed to do on a day-to-day basis and to see somebody that I've never met before because some of you, because one of our sales reps closed a deal and the customer success team got the use cases, you know, worked with them to get those use cases going and they're, they're experiencing the, the feeling that I wish I would have had and seeing that happen, like just seeing people use the product the way that I thought they would and having the, the positive impact on their day-to-day life is, is, is super like that that's super fulfilling uh, the other is you know I always wanted to own a business I always thought it'd be like a sandwich shop or something like that not a not a tech company so I mean it, it's you know at the stage that we're at it's truly a family like in you know we, we have people in the office and they bring their kids in because you know the spouse is sick or they had to go drop the car off and you get to meet these kids and you, you realize that you know you know it's a, it's not just the business it's, it's the families and the individuals that are you know part of that 
Um, that, that's super satisfying. Like, that's, that's awesome. So, yeah. So just looking at a few other things, I mean, you talk about culture there, and I noticed, again, a quote from um, the press release this time, talking about culture isn't just snacks, free snacks, and ping pong. So I'm assuming there's not, there might be free snacks, but obviously it goes well beyond that. And I right. I, I put that not as a, a ding at, but obviously the, the hipster world, consumer tech, or startup stuff, or it's all, you know, really warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what you're saying is you've got to go a bit deeper than that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you... Yeah, it, it's it is more than just the things that you give away for free, right? It, it's you know people come to work because they like the people that they're with more than they like the free snacks. And um, someday someone will convince me to put a ping pong table in the office, though I, I haven't done it yet. Um, you know, it's just it ha- it hasn't happened. But yeah, it is. It's you have you have to build an environment that people want to be a part of. Part of that is is the office nice and do they get good equipment and do they feel welcome and you know do they have a place to go and take a private phone call and like there there are some you know, call the material things that you can provide that makes your day better, right? You know, the fact that I, you know, I'm not hungry all day if I can't make it up to lunch because today was busy is a good thing. Um, but you know, people people want to do good work. They want to do it with great people. Um, but they, you know, you can't you can't kind of smooth that over with, you know, free beer and and foosball. Like there, there's it's <laughs> it's impossible to do as much as you want. I wish I could because that, that's a hell of a lot easier uh, to to buy beer and put a ping pong table in than it is to actually be you know cognizant of you know how hard we and how much we expect people to work and but also you know and what that does to them on a day-to-day basis and how that affects families and, and all that sort of stuff so. yeah well it's certainly a recurring theme is saying when you talk about the kind of people that you want to work with you for you is loving what they do and having passion yeah obviously for what you're trying to achieve yeah. the journey that you're on yeah. and it's certainly a recurring theme having spoken to um, uh, Manish heads up um, Shift Left and right. also spoke to Evan Blair yesterday who was founder of Zero Fox co-founder of Zero Fox everybody's saying very much the same thing so it is definitely seen as being you know security seen as a very black and white environment you know like stop the threat we don't stop the threat and you know automation yeah. feels like you're dehumanizing it but in some ways it could be taken as that but what you're doing is you're taking out the risk and you're taking out the human touch right. in the areas you don't need it yeah. so you can keep the passion in the other yeah absolutely I mean the the, the people don't get into security and especially security ops not to, to do very mundane work. That's not, that's not what they're excited about. That's not what they're passionate about. Um, if you can take that off their plate, you're, you're giving them a, a more fulfilling day, a more fulfilling life, a more fulfilling career. Um, that's what they want to do. Um, it's it's not a, it's not fun to manage a spreadsheet, to send emails, to create you know tickets. Like that's that's not what you're doing. You want to do investigations. You want to hunt into environments. You want to reverse engineering, reverse engineer malware. Like th- those are activities that require creativity and innovation and you know things like that as opposed to just you know let's take this this box and fill it let's move this rock to here that's that's not fulfilling work and you have to do some of that to understand how everything works but it quickly becomes not exciting yeah and so what's exciting for you guys now um i I think the 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 store market is still super new i think there's a lot of innovation that will still come in the you know the weeks months and years into the future um we we have a lot of uh work that we want to do because we don't feel like the problem's been solved we still feel like we're going to 
organizations have too much security technologies for all that they're struggling to manage, that there's too many you know gaps from a staffing perspective they're trying to keep up with. Um, and we also think there's there's definitely a watershed moment coming from a surface area perspective, uh, be it 5G or be it IoT. Uh, there's a lot of surface area that we're going to have to manage. Uh, and, and really, automation is one of the few you know meaningful ways that we're going to be able to make a dent on that. So. Yeah. yeah. I know you also have a lot of partnerships as well. That seems yeah. to be part of the you know, landscape now with security. <laughs> security is no man or woman on an island right. holding the threat at bay. Um, <laughs> you've got to look at, at the whole of the infrastructure and you know work with people who perhaps have an IoT solution or perhaps are looking at the 5G space. And, right. I'm making that so. So I'm imagining we'll be seeing a few more of those coming through this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, integration is core to what we do uh, as an automation company. I mean, hundreds of integrations, thousands of actions we can take in third-party systems. Uh, we're adding them, if, if not on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, we're adding new ones. Um, that's as core to what we do, and it's one of the value props we provide our customers, right, that they're or our partners. Um, they're able to, you know, take and integrate with other technologies that they, you know, they themselves might not have the time or resources to actually integrate with so that's something that, that, that we do and it's one of the values we provide um, you know and you know we're, we're purpose built for it so we can do it quickly and we can do it pretty 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 precious so I mean our criteria from from the perspective is around agility is around um, innovation diversity and leadership and certainly you've spoken about those and touched upon those yeah. and all of that. is there anything else that you'd like to say with regards to what you feel makes what you're doing special um I think the thing that is it's pretty unique for for automation is it's not just about uh, security, it's not about brand protection, but it's also about quality of life. It's a very people-centric problem, right? There's not been a lot of innovation that's happened specifically around the people component of cybersecurity. So I think you know continuing to look through what we're doing, look through that lens as we continue to work and, and, and build and enhance what we're doing is, is super important. Uh, we'll continue to do that. We, we don't think there's a, a humanless future for cybersecurity because um, our, you know, from an adversary perspective, there's always going to be innovation and change. It's never going to be once we've solved the problem, it's stagnant, it's, it stays the same. So there, there's always going to be this, this, you know, changing environment that we're going to have to adopt and, you know, adapt to. I guess is probably a better term. Uh, and I, I think that's that's super important. Is that this isn't a this isn't a do it once and it's done. This is a, something that's going to go on for, for a long time, and um, it's going to be a, a really big thorn in a lot of people and organization side uh, for the foreseeable future. So we're excited to be, you know, one of the many ways in, that people are going to, you know, combat that. Well, thank you very much, time, um, and congratulations again for being shouted out as Man Trailblazer of the Year. Oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Right. Thanks. Thanks.